0: Hey, you're listening to CITR Sports 101.9 FM. I'm Bailey, and today's episode is going to focus on a Swedish para rower athlete who the Accessibility Collective, Nicole and I, gave an interview with uh, just last week. So first I'm gonna play a song here to get us started this morning, and I'll be back with some excerpts from our interview. Fourth
1: quarter, babe I'll hit the game It's not over, babe I'll hit the game, winner Baby, believe in me I'll hit the game, winner Baby, believe in me Take a chance on me, take a chance on me I'll hit the game This is where I make my money, baby. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. We've been down before. Ball, I'll hit the game winner. Baby, don't give up on a I'll hit the game winner. Take a chance on me, baby biddle. Hey, you're
0: listening to the CITL Sports 101.99 And you're listening to Game Winner by Fulfpeck featuring Charles Jones and David T. Walker. Composed by Joey Dosick, I believe, um, an amazing saxophonist. And now I'm going to play some excerpts from an interview I did with the Accessibility Collective lead here at the CITR, Nicole. And we had a wonderful opportunity um, to interview a Swedish para rower um, on Zoom, um, as she's in Sweden. But I believe Nicole starts out here with a quick introduction. So I will play that. Ebba, tell
2: us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, so my name is Ebba. I am 22 years old. Um, I'm from Sweden, actually. Um, I am an elite para rower. I row for the Swedish national team. And I'm also a third-year kinesiology student at UBC.
3: Yeah. Are you doing your (laughs) undergrad in kinesiology?
2: Yes, I am. Um, But right now I'm studying from Sweden um, to be able to train a bit more with the national team um, for a very important qualification season next year. Um, So I'm right now currently studying online from Sweden. Cool. And we also have another
3: special guest today. Um, Sam. She is in my collective, my accessibility collective. Sam, would you like to introduce yourself really briefly and tell us about yourself?
4: Yeah, yeah, thanks, Nicole. Uh so my name is Sam. Um I, I use she her pronouns. I am a new member of the Accessibility Collective. I didn't know that CITR really existed until a couple weeks ago, so that has been a very exciting couple weeks. Um, I am, uh, I just finished my BSc in Kinesiology at the University of Alberta, and I am almost a semester into my first year of a master's uh, in uh, kinesiology, um, specializing in uh, adaptive physical activity, sociocultural studies, and uh, critical disability studies. Um, my research, at least the proposed research project right now is more specific to intellectual disability, uh, but it is around, you know, kind of para-athletes and para athletes uh, and uh, Paralympic pathway athletes. So I'm um, super excited to meet another kin student and to kind of get to know you, Eva.
0: So that was our introductions there. We had a kinesiology student and para rower Um, and it was a pleasure to interview them and we kind of talked a little bit about um, well they explained para rowing to me because I'm not familiar with rowing at all and um, yeah I asked them a little bit about what kind of music they listen to um, just because I am the sports collective lead but um, the only sport I ever really played was track and field and rugby And I don't know a whole lot about the others, but I do find it interesting, um, to talk about, uh, what kind of music, uh, athletes listen to, um, because I find that there are a lot of interesting parallels between, um, performance artists, which is, um, what I do in music, um, and performance athletes. So, I'm gonna skip ahead. In our conversation here, and stuff like that. Mm, in terms of songs or so, music? yeah, this is me. Yeah, music. Um, asking Eva what she um, listens to. oh uh, I don't know.
2: I'm I'm very much like music is very important for me. It's like my best friend. I always have like music, like pretty. I think Spotify is my me- most used app of all of them. Um, so I would say it very depends on my mood for the day. Um like what I wanna do if I wanna get hyped up, if I just need like some company, what what I wanna do. Um but for training I have like different different playlists that I that I use. Um I have a specific playlist that I'm only allowed to play when I have a race or an earth test coming up. Um, so I'm not like allowed to put it on otherwise, because that's like my ritual kind of thing to do before oh. um and then I know like this is now it's serious now I have to like my body is like a physical response that is like if I hear these songs, then I'm like ready to go um, but I don't know if I
0: have like a specific song though' that's okay, hard that's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I also have playlists, um, and I listen to them at specific times too, and yeah, it just helps get into the zone like yeah it really yeah, does it really does out. music
2: can really do that yeah. with both like emotions and mindset and everything it can be powerful yeah yeah no that's really the first thing I do like on the race day I put my headphones in and I'm going into that little bubble until I'm going to the and to launch so
0: yeah <laughs> nice yeah, I think my dad always said that, because uh, he did uh, long distance, so he he would always listen to a song that had uh, beats per minute that matched the pace that he would run at, and I always thought that was really interesting, and so I would always try and do that when I went running. I would try and listen to a song and match the the speed. That's yeah, super smart, actually. There are, smart, like- actually.
3: <laughs> there are uh, specific playlists on Spotify with um, specific BPMs
0: yeah it's yeah. really cool do you ever name the playlists um I think it's just
3: yeah. like running or sorry was that a question for eva oh i mean anyone can answer <laughs> i don't know like what i seen <laughs> on spotify is like running BPM like 154 or something like they're very <laughs> specific Dang. that's so cool 154
0: 176 is me like sprinting <laughs> down the street <laughs>
3: my favorite song to listen to whether it be for performance or training or whatever because i i guess i haven't i guess i pretty recently made the switch into like cycling like road cycling and my song is like a g6 i think it's oh yeah you saying song. <laughs> yeah it's a good one another good one is elevator music elevator music when you're studying yeah to like get in the vibe get calm elevator music or it's yeah. like hell i <laughs> either way it's really funny
0: <laughs> yeah to play you can play know. that in the car radio nice wait sam do you have do you have a song um, off the top of your head i mean you can always say it later but if you have one now uh
4: i i used to there's some there's one race uh, and I, uh, it was a, uh, it was a team event and, like, I was, uh, the, I started off behind and, like, it was, it, it's just me. It's me in the swim, me in a bike, and me in a run. Uh, and so I, like, um, you did del- triathlon? I did. Oh my I, did. Gosh. I definitely did. Yup. And now, now I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I uh the transition kind of going from um high school athlete to university um rec athlete was a little bumpy so now I just kind of bike for fun. I wanted to ask Eva though so like how was the transition for you? Uh I'm assuming you did sports in high school or do you just, you know, jumped right onto the national team or what was that transition like? Yeah.
1: Um yeah, I've
2: been rowing since I was 8 years old um and back to your dad my my dad was a rower so i think he comes from there obviously um so and i wouldn't really say that sports is a thing in sweden in schools that it is in maybe u.s and canada we don't really have those high school teams or university teams in terms of that um so i think it's more like on the side apart from school that you do sports um so, yeah, I've been rowing since I was eight and pretty much was stuck
4: since then. <laughs> and how did you find that transition? Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, so you went to high school in Sweden, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And then you moved countries, you moved continents, and, you know, started uh, started sport at a competitive level or a more competitive level? Or tell me, like, what was that like?
2: Um, so, I was at the... Junior national team um, since I was 14, 15, something like that um, in Sweden. So I was in the national, I pretty much been on the national team All right. Since then, I did a transition okay. to the um, like senior team instead. Oh, yeah.
4: okay. So it's the transition to the senior yeah. team, not like the transition, not the step up into the national team.
3: Yeah. I don't know how. Um... Yeah. I don't know how you guys do it in Sweden, but here, um, the way the rowing national team works is you kind of, there are like streams to get to the senior national team. And usually a lot of people are recruited at a pretty young age. Um, like they're Mm -hmm. recruited in, um, high school for the junior national team, kind of like what Ebba said for Sweden. Um, and then they streamline eventually to the senior team if they end up training hard enough to be fast enough for that. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and but there are some people that start here, at least in university, and then kind of weasel. (laughs) They're not weasel. They work very hard and and make it to the nap. (laughs)
2: Ebba, have you been a para-athlete since high school? Um, When I became a para-athlete? Yeah. um, I got my injury when I was 17, so it was actually in, like, I'm not sure what it becomes, but um, it's between... We had like first, second, third in high school. Um, So in the summer between first and second year in high school, um, did I get my injury. So yeah, when I was 17.
4: Do you want to talk about what that process was kind of like the transition from being a, a in the able-bodied stream to the para stream or should we skip the question and keep moving? Your choice. No, no, of course. Um, so yeah, I came
2: into the junior national team when I was 14 or 15, I can't really remember. Um, and I competed at like different international competitions, um, with the junior national team and felt really good, of course. And I was super excited where it could go. Um, and in the summer, 2017, I got my injury and I, I remember I was lying at the hospital. I didn't really know, like, is this the end of my rowing like will i be able to keep going I was pretty much my head was like no i need to find something else to do i need to figure out what i can do now instead because like my whole life was pretty much training and rowing and competing and all of that it was such a big part like all my friends was at the club all my friends and family had the rowing in it so i didn't want to lose that part as well in the process of everything Mm -hmm. which was kind of like hard for me to like oh my life changed like upside down and now to lose the rowing as well I really really didn't want that Um, but I remember I was trying to look at like oh what other sports can I do am I like going to start baking now or (laughs) what am I going to do like on my spare time because I will have so much time because I won't be able to train but um, I remember I did a google search at the hospital like para rowing um and I got up this um the world champion in my category is from Norway her name is Brigitte Skarstein um she's currently the world record holder um and I was like wow she's doing she's doing good she's she's cool it seems like it's working (laughs) um so I was like yeah maybe this is
4: something I actually could keep going and could do." um Yeah, I'm just gonna, what a classic student athlete move, in the hospital, injured, Google's, like, can I still do my sport, like, <laughs> yeah, dedication, sport That's is life, I love about. it, <laughs> uh, yeah. totally kidding, but no, yeah, but oh man, yeah. uh, so what was the, uh, I assume there's some sort of period of recovery or healing, uh, or maybe you jumped right out of the hospital bed and right back onto the, onto the boat, you know, what was that kind of like?
2: Yeah, um, it was like, a, it was a process, but I, I really just, I'm very much the person that hates hospitals, I hate everything about it, I felt so, so uncomfortable it. there, and I really really just wanted to get out of there, and I think in that situation I saw the chair as the only way, like concrete way to actually get out of there, so I was like, what the heck, give me that chair. teach me how to use it so I can get out of here because I really felt so uncomfortable in all that situation. Um, so I was at a few weeks. I moved to the capital of Sweden in Stockholm. I did a few weeks of have there until I was back in school pretty much like six or eight weeks later after my injury. Um, I'm back in high school. Um, but that was of course the process of coming home and everything as well. Um, things mm-hmm. are not, I guess, you don't think about like, oh, there's a step in the house or there's a mm-hmm. thing there that I can't get up. Um, so there was yeah. a process of like everything at home and in school and everything as well, coming back to all friends and everyone there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got back to the club. I tried to learn like what I can do at the gym and everything. And mm-hmm. the whole club was were very supportive of me coming back. and wanted to find solutions for me as well um that's Mm -hmm. actually also where i worked at a crossfit box here in my city in my hometown um as a rowing coach um (laughs) and they actually was so like they really really wanted me to be able to train so Mm -hmm. we actually came to develop um an adaptive erg seat that you put into the erg front wheel yeah yeah. so we. actually developed that with concept now and it's our concept Sweetest website for people to buy and just to see that whole process of me coming home not being able to use the machines as i used to and then mm. being able to like have that like as a product afterwards it was a pretty cool process um, yeah. yeah it sounds like yeah so i go ahead sorry yeah, so came... no um i came back home started to train again and then i got invited to um I was in Czech Republic, actually, with the national team try to sit in a para boat for the first time. Um, and that was, I think, six months later after my injury mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried that. I wasn't really sure because I was there at, um, with the national team, of course. Um, and I was so slow, I was it was not yeah. what it used to be, yeah. and they just looped me on the course and I was like, mm-hmm. is this really what I want to do?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but m- a month later after that, I got invited to a development camp with FISA, which is the like World Federation of Rowing um, in Italy, in Gavrati, where I tried for the second time. And I also ended that week with a competition. and. I don't know it was something about like going over the finish line in that mm-hmm. race that i just felt that all the endorphins all the feeling of racing in the boat and everything mm-hmm. about it was still exactly the same even if so much had changed during that time yeah. um and that was when i knew that like
4: rowing is still rowing, and this is what
2: i want to do so that was a pretty cool feeling to feel
4: yeah, it sounds like you know uh as you're going through this massive transition, uh being injured, moving to the to the capital for some like uh rehab stuff, moving back home, realizing there's all these little things that have changed. But like rowing seems like rowing was the thing that remained constant that uh it sounds like you find a lot of joy in. Correct me if I'm wrong. No,
2: absolutely. And also I think this feeling of like security and home and safe and everything around it that you also had mm-hmm. um for me rowing is so much more than just rowing in a boat it's like it's the club it's the friends mm-hmm. it's the everything around it as well that i think was the one thing that helped me go through my injury as good as i have been
0: yeah i think sometimes um people who weren't who weren't uh like it- so that's a little bit about there Um, and her journey and experience as a power rower. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with some more of our interview and another song. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hongkameenam-speaking Musqueam people.
3: Do you love being caffeinated? And do you hate that greedy, soulless international conglomerates are succeeding in the cutthroat world of coffee? Sounds like local coffee roasters, Trek Coffee is for you. Trek Coffee is 100% indigenous and military veteran owned and operated. Let's keep small businesses thriving. Stop by Sunshine Convenience on 4th, the Super Value on Commercial, or Grocery Checkout in the Nest to pick up some Trek Coffee today.
2: Are you interested in radio? Do you want to start your own show but you don't know where to get started? Make your radio dreams come true by joining a collective. From the News Collective, the Arts Collective, the Music Collective, the Sports Collective, the Accessibility Collective, the Indigenous Collective, and the Intersectionality Collective, there's something for everyone. And we provide free technical training to get started. Explore these worlds virtually and in person, and be prepared to make fun friends. For more information, visit citr.ca slash Involved.
4: This year Christmas is coming early with
0: 24 hours of student power. Tune in to CITR 101.9 FM on Wednesday, December 7th for 24 hours of pure
4: student radio. Featuring special episodes from the Intersectionality Collective, Black Student Union, Astro Jazz, Unseated Airwaves, and Dog Eared After Dark. Tune in on December 7th so you don't miss out on what all the cool kids are talking about.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to CITR Sports 101.9 FM. I'm going to play a quick song here, and then we're going to get back to um, an interview that I did with the Accessibility Collectively Nicole, and we had the wonderful opportunity to interview a Swedish para rower and kinesiology student here from UBC. But first, uh, we have a quick song that I'm going to play. I play a lot of Valf on this show, and that is because they seem to have a recurrent sports theme in a lot of their songs, so I just feel like it's a fitting theme for this collective in particular, so enjoy Mr. Finish Line by
1: Velve Peck. Save by Stratton and Keeper. He rolls it out to Catsman, the spiritual leader and sweeper. A quick pass to Huckle. Great team ball over to Wally.
0: you're listening to CITR Sports 101.9 FM we're just listening to some Volvepeg here but we're going to get back into this interview that I did with the Accessibility Collective Lead Nicole and we had the opportunity to interview Swedish rower Ebba and kinesiology student Sam and I'm just playing some excerpts from this interview here so let's hop Eva, so, so Um, tell us luckily I ended up being fine we had some introductions here out. I'm not the soprano player, and this is I'm about halfway really through um say, the so. interview where they begin to sort of explain to me para rowing and how it works um and I realize there's kind of a similarity um to music in that you have a group that works together in a boat to row um and you have an objective and you sort of have a leader uh I can't remember what the term was uh for the para rower. But it is a similar role to the soprano player of a saxophone quartet or soprano singer in an opera. But I'll just play the excerpt from the interview here. I want to play it this way, and then if we don't end up playing it that way, it gets really frustrating. But I don't know if it's similar for you guys. Never related to that struggle,
3: always have been a soprano singer slash violinist, <laughs> always been the star, life's good. Um, I feel like this might differ in terms of music and sport, but I feel like with rowing specifically, yes, sometimes ideas might clash, but usually everyone is so focused on reaching the same goal that people are willing to hear other people out.
1: Okay. Um,
3: so the team dynamic, honestly, at least I've never had any experiences where people have like really hated rowing with someone else in big boats. In small boats, that's a different story, but I don't row small boats, so not my problem. Um, But big boats, like everyone has the same goal and it's to go fast. So everyone is willing to like try, at least try whatever anyone else is
0: suggesting. Nice. Yeah. That's an interesting difference. Like sometimes what instruments Sorry. do you play? Sorry, I missed oh, I, what I play the saxophone, so <sighs> Okay. It's kind of like okay. it's it's kind of like a string instrument in terms of classical saxophone.
1: In terms you of have like solo favorite, repertoire yeah. and
0: then quartet repertoire. But yeah, I don't know if you guys ever clash with your with your group creatively, but sometimes it's hard to find a group a good group where you can just like I feel like it's very rare to find a good quartet. Um, that can perform well in competitions. Like, it really has to be people who you can get along with in the music room and outside of the music room. Yeah. um, At least for music. So,
4: yeah. I know um, in music spaces, mind you, I've always kind of sung in choirs. So, like, it, it, you know, it wasn't cooperation between four or five. There's like 40 people. So if you don't like one person, go find someone else to talk to, you know, Uh, (laughs) but in sport, uh, oftentimes, particularly with sports that like maybe aren't so mainstream, so like not soccer or basketball, um, there's uh, at least, okay, I can only speak for myself, like a triathlon isn't a big sport. And so there's like 10 people in the province and they are your teammates and your only competitors. So. you don't get to choose your teammates, uh, or at least I never got to, and so you just kind of have to figure out how to coexist. And some people, best friends, work great, and some people it's like, I'm just gonna like pretend you don't exist, and you're gonna pretend I don't exist, and this is probably good for, this is the best way forward. I don't know, uh, Eva, what was your, did you ever row like in, a, in one of those big boats, or were you always singles, or uh, do you roll doubles now or what? Um, so, right now,
2: I only roll the single. Um, I've been rolling the adaptive inclusion doubles a few times. Um, I raised that at the head of the Charles in Boston in 2019. Um, but right Charles. now, I'm only rolling the single because that's my class and what I compete in. Yeah.
3: Oh my gosh so cool. so for fun. anyone who does like race ever. <laughs> the Charles is like one of the most famous rowing competitions in history slash the world um and it's it's known for having a famously tricky course
2: how do you steer that <laughs> is it harder you know, it was it was also just so fun because it's 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 a longer race um we usually row 2000 of course but I think this is like what is it five maybe it's up to five something like that um so it's kind of tricky it has a lot of bridges a lot of turns um but i pretty much left that to like the bio seed and just <laughs> went because i was stroking um but yeah it also keeps your mind on something and there's so many bolts. um it's also not the typical race where everyone starts at the same time instead of you're like you're going away in like i think it's 30 seconds or 67 intervals um, so the other boats can like catch up to you and like row past you or something like that. So there's so many aspects to like look out for in the race, which also makes it just so much more fun. And I think there's hundreds of thousands of spectators coming watching, and they're standing like crowds all over the bridges and everything. So it's really just like a something you have to do in life if you're a rower is like. <laughs> I think they call it like Rower's Christmas or something like that because it's just so amazing. It's it's like such a cool experience. So oh, that was so fun. Um, but back to your
0: question, like... I'm... Oh, sorry. What do you say? No, what do you say? I was just going to say, is this a course that you have to go through? Yeah, um, so in, in Rowing, the yeah, yeah, there
3: are like there go. straight races and then there are races that are... So the straight races are usually 2,000... Meters. I was about to say 2000 kilometers and I was like, that is so not right. Um, Or they're longer, like four to six kilometers and those are head races and those have like, they tend to have a lot of twists and turns and it like navigating that course well is really important, just in the sense that if you take a corner too tight or too wide, that may like add an extra 100 meters to your race and that will like result in your time being slower, so for, for races like Head of the Charles, um, it's really important to have a very strong course.
0: But how many times do you get to like practice the just course? Once? Oh, I don't know, twice, two, three times? Ebba really?
3: has
2: throw it. Yeah, um, it really depends on how many times you get out. Because also we're not in Boston that often. <laughs> it was my <laughs> first time in Boston, so I had never rode it before. We were just out training one time the day before, and then we raced this next day. Um, but yeah, it's a river. So it's not like you're making turns on a lake. It's like you're rowing around buoys or something. It's like a river that you rope down. Um, so it has like it turns.
0: Um, but yeah, still super fun race. <laughs> but you were going to say something before I dropped in.
2: Yeah, no. So the question was like what boat what type I wrote And I wrote the single um, today. And that's what I'm going for competing with um but i i really love the crew boats it's actually what i wish i was doing my category and my my disability allows me only to row this category um so it's the pr one in the power rowing you have pr one pr two and pr three depending on your ability um but i've actually also after my injury i've been coxing as nicole <laughs> so i coxed the junior men's eight actually in the junior national rowing team and we won the Nordic Championships Gold. Um so that was also just such a fun experience to have my injury being a para, but I was able to compete and be still be with the national team in the able body side, which is also a cool experience. And I'm still coxing the my club here in Falkenberg's eight, so the men's eight in Falkenberg, which is also such a fun, fun thing to be a, still be a part of.
0: I'm unfamiliar with this term, but I'm guessing that it means to like, you said it's like yelling.
3: Yeah, so is a really unique position um, in the sense that like, you're not just like, the easiest way to explain it is like, oh, I, I sit there and I yell and I steer and that's all I tell people because I don't really want to get into it. But there's a lot of understanding, current um wind patterns um horse having a good understanding of of what boats are around you and and driving in a straight line and that's just like spatial awareness and where you're driving the boat and then there's aspects to it like you run the workout so you you call things like if they're doing intervals you call the intervals or you call the power tens Um, and that's just running the workout and then you add this whole other element of racing and it's making sure you're keeping the boat in time with the things you say and how you say it and building this relationship and trust with the boat or the people that you're with. Um, and in terms of racing, like you've got to know what pushes the crew's buttons and what what's going to force them to dig deep. So it's a it's a role that that requires a lot of personality and
0: assertiveness. <laughs> It sounds like the soprano player. Like it sounds yeah. like that's the soprano.
3: You've gotta you've gotta have a lot of a lot of attitude. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if it's like that in Sweden, Ebba, but uh when <laughs> I rode at least Coxies were willing to like literally fist fight for the best line on the water, which is maybe not the best culture, but <laughs> <laughs>
2: no no but it's super fun it's super fun and it's also like a, as a coffee you could you could really like destroy everything for the boat so they should have respect for you because you're in charge
3: you're the um, first one to get blamed so. if
2: something goes wrong <laughs> that's
3: all oh, i'm yes. going
1: yeah <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> it's a it's a i'm so glad to hear that you've been able to cox i also feel like coxing for me i i now coach um I no longer am part of the sport as an athlete, but I now coach. Coxing definitely gave me a lot of really valuable insight because you're that weird position between being an athlete and kind of being a coach. Um, so you're kind of like the middleman. And it's 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 been very interesting to have both perspectives to some extent and I'm kind curious. of find your position.
0: Yeah. After a race, if you're is it coxing? Mm-hmm. So after a race, like, because you sort of get that, like, post-performance high, right? If you're so, yeah, rowing solo... Point, rowing- I'm kind of just trying to understand the nature of the person who is the coxie, um, who's sort of similar to soprano player in a chamber ensemble for music, sort of takes the lead and is like the main motivator to the team. But earlier we were talking about uh, music um, and listening to specific songs with uh, BPM that can sort of help you get into the zone or like train, uh, specifically for running a like faster BPM um, or like a BPM that keeps steady, that you can keep pace with, um, running long distance or sprinting. Faster, slower BPM. So I'm gonna play another song here, um, with what could be a good BPM, depending on how fast you like to run. If you're a track and field athlete, this might be pretty fast, actually. If you're <laughs> if you're gonna run to it, but I'll play the song, and then we'll get back to the end of our interview that we had with um, Swedish para rower Eppa and uh, kinesiology student sam um but you're listening to the citr sports episode on uh with col- in collaboration with the accessibility collective and here is our next song
1: simple mathematics states that to earn 350 dollars, you could fix 10 toilets at 35 dollars each or you could open a simply financial no-fee checking account and earn $350 just for
0: This is just... we're just gonna turn down the YouTube ad. Alright, here it is. This is the CITR 101.9 FM, the CITR Sports. It's the Thunderbird Eye, and today I'm playing some excerpts from an interview that I did with the Accessibility Collective lead, Nicole. We interviewed Swedish para-rower athlete, Ebba, and a um, kinesiology student here from UBC, Sam. And uh, throughout the interview, we kind of talked a bit about Uh, similarities um, in music and what we listen to to train as performance athletes or artists and we talked a little bit about a little bit about um, rowing itself and how that kind of works Um, and you have a person in the boat called a coxie who is sort of similar to a soprano player um, in a music chamber ensemble in that they lead the group um they're like the main motivator uh, of the group you have to be loud and sort of assertive um and yeah just mainly you're the leader of the group um and yeah i'm just gonna play some of this outro here from the interview and then we will see you next time on our next citr sports episode which will actually feature jade and myself And Jade uh, just covered the UBC versus McGill rugby game where Thunderbirds took the win. And we have a couple interviews from rugby players in the um, stands at this game. We've got an excerpt of a haka. We talk a little bit about how the game works. Um, But that will be our next episode, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, this is the rest of our interview with Ebba and the Accessibility Collective and Sam, a kinesiology student.
3: ...solves to, to have those moments where you're like, you know what, I'm not at peak performance right now, but that is part of the process and that is okay. My body is still strong. I'm still a capable athlete, but it does need time to recover. And recovery is also not a treat. It is a necessity. <laughs> and I think. Good luck. <laughs> but me your- for themselves to to have those moments where you're like, you know what? I'm not at peak performance right now. But that is party to happen for themselves to to have those moments where you're like, you know what? I'm not at peak performance. Right now. Okay. So here
0: Nicole is sort of just um, explaining. Um the relationship athletes have with uh, recovery, just sort of similar to um, in music, you kind of have to have some sort of recovery period to avoid burnout. Um, And the sports psychology and psychology of music performance, even you have to be able to find a good balance in your mentality and regenerate not only your physical body, but also your mental headspace in order to avoid burnout. So, uh, at the end of the interview here, we kind of just talk about what's next for Ebba in her para rowing career. And I think she has an exciting announcement something to do with the national team, I believe.
2: I'm line now from UBC.
0: Um, so, right now, I'm just very excited for class to finish <laughs>
2: and exams to be over. Um. But yeah, so I'm training quite a lot. We have an important season in twenty twenty-three coming up, which is the qualification season for the Olympics and Paralympics. Paris. Um, so yes. Oh my gosh. Good luck. <laughs> Put me in your
3: pocket and take me with you. I want to go to Paris. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah, it was so cool. I Wait, where do you row... so win? Where do you row
0: in Paris? <laughs> um do they have like? Um, I'm not familiar I with Paris. I think
2: it's a lake, but I'm not really sure. Cool. No, Thanks. I've never been. It's either on the lake, on the lake, on or on the river. I'm Doesn't not matter. You'll actually. figure it out once you get there, right? <laughs> we'll see. Yes. Um, yeah, when you get there. Exactly. I take it then. <laughs> I first want to get there. So, but yeah. So right now it's a lot of training. We have some training camps coming up with the national team. And then we have a full packed competition seasons with um, a few World Cups, and then the first qualification, like ability to qualify, is at the World Championships. That is in the beginning of September next year, I believe, um, which goes off in Belgrade. So there you have seven spots that can qualify. And then after that, you still have a chance of taking the continental qualifier or the file card or the final qualification spot um so there's four chances to qualify so just have to thank enough for that and i hope for the best <laughs> yes.
4: we'll be
0: cheering you on
4: from we will oh my gosh, i'm definitely going to be
0: following your progress your instagram <laughs> Do you- yeah if you share okay. on your instagram yeah. <laughs> because we have the sports instagram we'll sh- yeah we'll cheer you on yeah. So, stay tuned on Instagram. You can follow the Sports Collective at CITR Sports on Instagram. You can follow the Accessibility Collective at All Access Pass on Instagram. You can follow the CITR, CITR, and Discorder. And, uh, yes, yeah, stay updated with Ebba and the national team and even possibly the Olympics para rowing. So, that's been this episode today uh, for the Thunderbird Eye. Um, Stay tuned for our next episode with Jade, where we'll cover UBC Rugby, Um, talk a little bit about, I think, UBC Ultimate Frisbee, um, and a little bit about the Ski and Snowboard Club. I think we've got some fun events coming up with that, and maybe possibly some tickets to Revelstoke if you're interested, so stay tuned with us, and we'll play you out with a newer Volfbeck album. Um, This is under the name Volfmann, though, which I believe is Jack Stratton himself. So yeah, we'll play out on some Volfbeck, which I believe is very great music to listen to if you're an athlete
1: own winter in a Subaru.
0: This ad is going to play here, but we don't need to listen to it because it is on YouTube. Uh, but this is Take Me to a Higher Place by Wolfman. And once again, you're listening to CITR Sports 101.9.